Welcome to Rich Conversations. Faisa Omar joins us from Edmonton, Canada. She's a photographer and a mental health professional. Originally from Ottawa and the daughter of Somali immigrants, Faisa shares her experience of learning neuroscience for seven years while also yearning for fulfilling artistic inspiration inside her. She enrolled in photography school on the side, and during the pandemic, she moved back to Ottawa and took photos of family and friends around her neighborhood, and she shared their stories. And it resulted in her work being displayed in the Ottawa Art Gallery. She has these fantastic photos. They're, they're just so cool. And uh, in this episode, Faisa shares her story, perspective, and joy for life. She's an incredible person to talk to, so much fun, and I'm so excited to share this episode finally. You can follow Faisa on Instagram at FaisaOmar underscore. Let's begin. All right. Welcome to Rich Conversations. We have another fantastic episode. We are talking all the way from Edmonton, Canada, Faisa Omar. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Rich. Uh, we, yeah, we are, are now experiencing some good uh, internet connection now. So we're, we're all good. We, we were just having some uh, technical difficulties before. Now we're all set. And uh, this should be a really interesting episode. Why don't you briefly introduce yourself? Uh, so my name is Faiza Omar. I am a mental health counselor. Uh, in high school, and I work primarily with Somali youth. Um, I was born in Ottawa, Ontario, uh, but for the past three and a half years, I've been living in Edmonton, Canada. I don't have that Canadian flag behind me anymore. I know, you have, you have a Canadian flag. <laughs> I brought it with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been in Ottawa and Edmonton. Can you kind of describe the vibe of both of those cities? So Ottawa is um, the nation's capital. So Canada's capital, it's fancy. We have the Parma Building. We have you know, our funky prime minister that we love to flaunt. Um, it's not getting good press right now, though. Um, and it's a very small, homey city where I was born. Uh, but Edmonton is uh, all the way on the west side. You get, you get Ottawa over here. Yeah. More, more north, a lot colder here. It gets down to like minus 45 Celsius, which is um, very cold. If you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, it's definitely starting to feel like home. Uh, it's not as multicultural, um, but the people who do live here are uh, very accommodating and yeah. you know, great to work with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ex elaborate more on that. What are the people like in Edmonton? Um, like what do, what do they value and what are, what are like some of their interests? In Edmonton? So Edmonton, I think, is a lot more conservative than uh, Ottawa. Like the, so we, in Canada, we have uh, something called provinces. So the Alberta in general compared to Ontario, I don't know if this is too much geography, uh, is a lot more 
conservative. Um, it's a lot more rural but, too. It's like very, yeah, yeah kind of out in the open. Plains here. Yeah. yeah. Everything's very flat. Um, the buildings are a lot small, but not this much boys. But yeah. Ottawa, there's a lot of valleys, you know, lakes, forests. It, it feels like two different countries sometimes. It's all yeah. Canada has to offer. So what brought you then, you lived in Ottawa most of your life. What brought you to Edmonton then? That's a long story. <laughs> how do you, how would you summarize that story? Um, so in high school, how long can I tell this story? We got, we got time. You asked for it. Um, so I was re- always really interested in art, very okay. interested in photography. Um, so in high school, I decided that was the route that I wanted to take when I graduated. And I thought of doing maybe like architecture or something like that. Um, but since I'm the oldest of seven kids to parents that are immigrants, um, the bar was a lot higher. No, and the bar was very, it was very strict of what I can do, right? Become a lawyer or a doctor, an engineer. Art was not. So is is this your family saying, like, kind of directing you in a direction? Okay. Yeah, because you have parents that just came from a war um, and that are trying to, you know, survive uh, in a brand new country and raise their kids they want their kids to be very successful and uh, for them being very successful is you know being a lawyer or being a doctor or being an engineer being an artist is too risky uh, in terms of success for people that have gone through like big uh, traumatic experiences yeah right so uh, they're banking on us to be successful as well right yeah because they literally risked their lives and left their homes to come to a new country right so my parents escaped the somali civil war right and i'm the oldest um so there's a lot of pressure on me so i kind of had to let go of my dreams of being an artist mm-hmm. um, and kind of go with what my parents wanted um and at that point i think my dad was looking through like the university program book and he's like i like the sound of this one and he <laughs> And he's like, and he was pointing at neuroscience. So I, I, I ended up doing four years of neuroscience. And uh, by that point, I was, you know, it was okay. You know, it was interesting, but it wasn't my, my love. It wasn't my passion. It was an arranged marriage. We got yeah. along, you know, we birthed a degree. Yeah. You know, we spent four years together. You know, there is some love there. It just wasn't the love that makes you want to get up in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my fourth year of my undergrad, uh, my dad uh, and my mom were like, why don't you do a master's? And I was in that mode where like, I'm going to do whatever my parents want to make them happy. And I'm like, yeah. why not? And I was like, let me apply. So I applied for a master's in neuroscience and I got in and it was such a big deal for my family that in the village back home in Somalia, they they came together and they had a huge party and like um, over there if you slaughter an animal and you all eat together it's like a big deal so that's what they did when I got into my masters 
Really? I was the first person. Yeah, I was the first person in my family to get masters, right? So wow. it was such a big deal. If you understand the level of pressure I was feeling. Yeah. So I got into this masters. You know, it's an arranged marriage. We're still in neuroscience. Year number five. Year number six. I'm supposed to graduate. I'm burning out completely. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. I want to do what I like, but I'm still here. Um, you know. So I think I was in my lab at like 3 a.m. in the morning typing up my 100-page thesis um, where, because I was sleeping in that lab at some point. Like yeah. if you were open up the filing cabinets, there was clothes in there. It was weird. It was, it was a weird time. Because <laughs> I had to finish. I had to finish what I was, my thesis, right? So um, I remember just thinking, why don't you just do what you like? Like you spent seven years here doing something for your parents why don't you do what you like and keep it a secret so i searched up photography school because i'm a student at heart yeah and i saw the deadlines and i'm like i'm gonna apply for this after i graduate so in the summer i applied and i got in and um when the school year started in september that's when i searched to canada we i i told my parents i'm going to be looking for a job now i have my two degrees now i'm going to be looking for a job Mm-hmm. But I was going to photography school. <laughs> and I was just, you know, really happy. I get to, you know, play in the studios. So yeah. it was very healing after seven years of just, you know, working really hard, right? It was very true. And I realized the difference between if you want to do something and when you kind of feel like you have to do something. Okay. Because I was on time. I was on time for my 8 a.m. studio class. You know, I was, yeah. I would bike there too. You know, I'd bike <laughs> there, get there on time, get there sometimes before the teacher because that enthusiasm, there, yeah. that, that need to, um, you know, feed your soul was there, right? Mm-hmm. But seven years in neuroscience, I, I sometimes, most of the time I'd be late in class. Yeah. You know, I would just stroll in and, it's it's like your it doesn't ma- matter what your mind is saying your body doesn't want to do it your soul doesn't want to do it and it's manifesting itself in your actions right so um, I lasted six months until my parents found out <laughs> so uh, I have six younger siblings to this day I don't know who told them they all deny it but one of them said oh you don't know where she goes every day. <laughs> She goes to photography school. She takes pictures and she pays to go to school. So my dad just could not wrap his head around it. And he took me out to a restaurant. He's never done that before. Because yeah. it's like, you know, we can get eat at home. We don't need it. So yeah. he's like, we're going to take you to a restaurant. And I remember in the car, like, this is so strange. Maybe he knows. No, there's no way he knows. I lasted six, six months in. And also I was like confident. And then I, and then we, we sit and he's like, we're eating. And he's like, I've heard the funniest thing. He's talking in Somali. Okay. I've heard the funniest thing, strangest thing. That you're learning to take pictures with your two degrees. And I was just quiet. And I'm like, it's true. And he <laughs> dropped his fork. <laughs> he dropped his fork. And he's like, what? But why? And I'm like, because it makes me happy. And... He said, you don't need to be happy. You just have to work for the family. 
And it was something that I think I would never forget because it just shows the big difference between parents that, you know, went through so much to raise you in a different country and what their priorities are to someone who was compared to me, who was born in a safe space, who hasn't, I haven't gone through the civil war, you know, like I, I, I was born in Canada, you know, like I've been in school since kindergarten, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't have that level of uh, need to survive that they do. Yeah. So when I said, I want to be happy, he could not fathom it. But to someone else, like maybe probably you as well, you understand the importance of being happy in this life, even if you might not have enough. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, then the thing is, my dad has access to my resumes. So we went home. He was fuming. He has my resumes. He applied to a bunch of jobs and then he got me this Edmonton job and I had to drop out of photography school. Yeah. So I was getting, I was in an email chain with people like I didn't recognize their names and they're like, so is, is the interview Tuesday at 11 a.m. work or whatever? Uh-huh. Like, who, who, who are they sending to? I don't remember applying for this. Yeah. And I, I see that they're like, they're writing my name. Hey, Faison, does this time work for you? And I was so confused. And I called my dad. He's like, yeah. I, which one is it? I applied for like 13 of them. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. So I, I ended up doing that interview. And I remember I didn't, I wasn't trying to do that well because I didn't want the job, right? Uh-huh. But that sense of duty is still there because that's the way I was brought up. You have to work for the family. That's why I was in neuroscience for seven years, yeah. right? This is the first time I'm doing something for myself and now it's being taken away from me. So um, I ended up getting that job. It was good pay. It didn't mean I had to move to Edmonton. My family really wanted me to take the job as well because my mom's brother lives here and family in the city. So I ended up moving here and um, the job was a mental health counselor. So in Alberta, it's not regulated. You can be a mental health counselor. Okay. Anyone can. You don't okay. really need the school. So, so you didn't need the seven years of school? I didn't need that. You just have to, like, they just have to give you a chance. Been, in Ontario, it's very regulated. You know? um, in a way, it feels like sometimes that Alberta is in the past, while well, Ontario is a bit more ahead when it comes okay. to societal issues, um, you know, whole bunch of things so in ontario it's very hard to be a counselor you have to do an exam you have to have the right schooling um but anyways they hired me as a counselor and i have a neuroscience background so neuroscience is a study of the brain it's very uh, it's a lot of biology some psychology in there but i cannot sit down with the youth who's telling me about hey i try to commit suicide i don't know what to say i know what happens in your brain yeah but I don't know how to talk to you about what you're feeling right now. So I was in it for a couple of months where I'm like, you know, this is not, I, I, I enjoy the idea of being a counselor. Like I want to help people, but I didn't, I, this is not my forte. So I did another master's, <laughs> <laughs> went back to wow. school <laughs> and yeah. I just finished a master's in counseling psychology last year. Okay. So now I know what I'm doing. So now if there's a kid, yeah. So I just kind of pivoted into this role, right? So 
when I was leaving photography school, I remember feeling heartbroken. I actually missed my flight because I was, I, I didn't want to leave my printing class. We had a printing class where we print our photos. My flight's in like two hours. I'm like, no, I have to wait till all my photos are printed. Missed that flight because of, you know? Wow. So, yeah. So I, um, I, I had that love, you know, I had that, love. I, I, I tasted it. I would go to class, remember on my bike. So I was here doing this job, which I like, but it's not photography. It's not art. And yeah. I was just, I would, I would go on Kijiji. Do you guys have Kijiji? It's like um, where people sell things. No, I don't think like so. If you, if you want to sell, you know, one of your books or you want to sell like a table. Do you have Craig, I think it's Craigslist? Craigslist, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could call, we call it Kijiji. Um, <laughs> so I kept looking for studio lights. Like I go, I go to sleep, like with my phone open, looking for studio lights or like things that I saw while I was yeah. in photography school. Right? Um, I'd look at my camera. I had all my old um, classmates from photography school on Instagram, and it'd be so sad to kind of see what they're doing in class while I'm, you know, working, being an adult, you know, and you know. So I was just. I was just kind of waiting and waiting and like I'm feeling sad about it. And then COVID hit. Okay. So when COVID hit, it's like, oh, I have time now. The stores are about to close. I ran to the camera store with my credit card and swiped like three thousand dollars worth of equipment <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> went home with all that equipment. So it's my chance. And then I had months and months of lockdown just remembering everything that I learned in photography school, just watching YouTube videos. Um, yeah. Just remembering, because this is two years in advance. This is two years being a counselor. This is two years not really touching my camera, reminiscing, yeah. wishing that I could be in photography school, right? And I did a series called Reclaiming Richie. Okay. So there's a neighborhood in Ottawa. So obviously when the lockdown happened, I... I, I, I told myself, if you're going to be locked down somewhere, you're going to be locked down with all your siblings and your family. So I took my new equipment and went back to my hometown, you know, hunkered yeah. down with them. And I did a, a series on the black men in, this, in the neighborhood. Because this neighborhood is not looked upon um, fondly. Like, uh, okay. if there's any kind of, it's known for high crime and... Um, it's not uh, the best neighborhood in the city. And if it's in the news or something, it's for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. So everybody knows the name of the neighbor, uh, neighborhood. It's called Richie. So if you hear Richie, it's like, oh, that's a scary place, right? So that's where we live. That's where we grow, grew up. That's, that's, you know? So I did a series of Black men um, in that neighborhood, including my brother and all his friends. And these are kids that I've seen grown up and that I had to babysit. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that, so that connection is there. So we, I, they, this is after the murder of George Floyd. So, you know, okay. I, that tension is there. Um, what's going on? We're seeing what's going on in America. There is our own, we're having our own pro protests in Ottawa and around the country. So I asked him a question. I said, have you ever gone through a racial, a racist experience? And the stories that came out were very eye-opening because... Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's like mundane everyday life uh, like like just buying pizza from a store turns into a racist incident because this is a reality so for example 
um, let me tell you that story. There was a boy who was in, one of the boys I took photos of, he was in the pizza line in a pizza shop. Okay. And the deal is if you have, if you get two slices of pizza, you get a free drink. So he knows he's going to order two slices of pizza. There's like two people in front of him. He's like, let me just grab my drink and uh, wait in line to play drink, right? So he went to grab the drink and other people in line started yelling. Like one person in particular, because the owner went to the back to get the pizza. He's stealing, he's stealing the drink, he's stealing. The owner comes to the front and says, "You get out, just get out. And he's like, but I was just grabbing a drink. No, get out. You can't steal. And he, he didn't get his pizza. It's a find somewhere else. Yeah. So that's like one of, uh, hmm. it, it's one of the stories that came up. There's another one where, you know, one of the, one of, this actually happened to my brother where he got a test back and it said uh, 100%. He was so happy. And it said, come see me. I was like, okay, let me go to the teacher. I wonder what he wants to see, uh, what he wants to talk about. Yeah. The teacher says, this is really well written. This is too good for you to write. Really? Uh, Yeah. It's too good for you to write this. This Yeah. 100%. And my brother felt all these emotions. He's like, a part of me felt really good because I didn't work that hard on it. (laughs) And he's like, I wrote it in like one night. And he's like, it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> another part was <laughs> another part was very offended like what do you, yeah right what do you yeah i think i'm smart i think i think i am good enough right yeah but this is where there's issues in the system because my brother calls my dad my dad comes goes to the principal the principal says you know what why don't we just let this teacher remark it the mark he remarks it to a 60 percent the same essay. From like 100 to 60? Yeah, 100 to 60. He's like, I'm going to remark it. That's what the principal decided. He's like, we're just going to let him remark it. He remarks it to 60. Fast forward to the end of the year. My brother's being told, listen, we don't think this is the right level for you because of your mark. Because his mark tanked, right? We think you should be in a lower level English class. Yeah. So these are some of the things that are happening to youth in a neighborhood that's not looked on as, you know, the best. So yeah. it, it kind of shows. So you, it kind of like uh, feeds into itself and perpetuates itself. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's not things that these boys can avoid, right? Yeah. Like you get hungry, you want food, right? Yeah. Another, another story, Boy, some of these boys were, they walked into, um, I think Tommy Hilfiger, right? In this, there's Tommy Hilfiger in the city and they have resumes and they want a job. So they walk okay. into the store um, and one of the friends already works there. And they're like, hey, you know, all right. Yeah, we know, yeah. The manager, yeah. Like, you, think, you know, they're just happy. So they all give the resumes to the manager and then they all leave. And apparently the manager, and while they're leaving, they're like, let's go to Calvin Klein next. They're talking really loud. So apparently the manager in Tommy Hilfiger calls the manager in Calvin Klein and says, don't hire them. I just, they're coming to you now. Don't hire them. And that boy who's their friend is hearing all this. And that's just, so you don't know anything about me. You've seen me for 30 seconds and you already made 
your own assumptions about me and that I'm not hiring. So if they can't get food, if they can't, you know, succeed in school and education, if they can't even, you know, work and get a job, like all these barriers, what what is there to turn to? What society thinks of them, right? Yeah. Which is a lot of negatives. So that's kind of what the, that kind of that project kind of blew up. So all of a sudden, you know, me practicing at home, you know, it made me a full fledged photographer, and I'm doing these. <laughs> TV interviews and you know it was really weird. Like, and I had my old professors from from my photography program. So congratulations! It is you know so uplifting, and I I realize I got to keep doing projects like that in the future. And I'm very interested in fashion and taking photos of uh, Muslim women who wear the hijab because they're not really represented uh, represented. In, in uh, the fashion, fashion industry, right? So yeah. I bring in friends and family, and I've been doing that. And I do this all in my dining room. Um, if I'm in Ottawa, we do it in the basement. So, and I always fly with my equipment. So I just squeeze everything in there. I'm not gonna lie, some th- a lot of things have just been broken. Like a lot of light bulbs, and you know, I have to buy more new things, but. So you've been during this time going from like Ottawa to Edmonton and Edmonton, back and yeah. forth and yeah. you're carrying with all these supplies equipment. with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, this is damage because of that. Too. I had this thing called the beauty dish. It was like $400. One trip, it got really dented and then that's it. I can't use it anymore. Okay. You know? So there's a lot of traveling back and forth. Um, Anyways, we did that project, right? Well, like you saying, we, it's me and whatever sibling I can boss around. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> you're going to hold that reflective. So reflective something that bounces like, you're going to hold that. You're going to, yeah. yeah. So um, I was invited to a focus group um, yeah. with Black artists from Ottawa and the Ottawa Art Gallery. I've never been in any kind of focus group or anything like that. I was just told if you come and you sit in this meeting, you get fifty dollars, and uh, it's the, it's it's about the Ottawa Art Gallery trying to understand how they can help black artists because okay. of everything that was happening. Yeah, and this is twenty twenty, right? This is, yeah, right. Twenty twenty was the time. Yeah, so so I'm there and I'm listening, and it is very heated, like okay. both sides, mostly you know um, from the black artists. It's like you know you haven't done enough, and then they're like, well, we tried to do this, and this is. We went back and yeah. forth for like two hours and I am just waiting for my, my moment, you know? So I waited, I waited. And then when there was like 10 minutes, I'm like, Hey, can I just speak? Can I, can I um, just have a question? And they thought I was going to jump into whatever they were talking about. Yeah. I'm like, what do I have to do to be an art gallery? <laughs> that's, that's all. What do I have to do? And they, you know, the moderator was a bit awkward. She's like, um, this is not that kind of meeting. You know, you have to have funding for that. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe you can meet with one of our curators. I'm not sure, but this is not a meeting for that. I was like, I did what I can, right? Wait, so, okay. Like, okay so, wait, you. hold on. Let me, let, me, let me understand this for a second. You're in yeah. a focus group where both sides are talking about what can we do for Black artists? And we did this or we tried that. And meanwhile, you're sitting here as an artist and you're just like, 
So what, what do I need to do to, to get it? Yeah. And there's confusion about it. Like, yeah. Like, Oh, there's portal call and we have to see your art because they don't, they're not familiar with my yeah. art too. And so there's pushback, but I didn't take offense because I just wanted to, you know, put my, shoot my shot, you know? Yeah. So you're right. It is very ironic. I'm, you're, you're right. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's like looking for your glasses when they're on your face. It's like you can't find your glasses, but then you <laughs> they're on your face, right? You're right. The answer's right there. Yeah. So the meeting ended. I, I thought, you know, okay, cool, let's move on. I'm not a I'm not a fancy artist. I just had that one project that kind of blew up that I posted on Instagram where, you know, a journalist DM'd me and said, Hey, like these pictures, can I write an article? Right? That's all that really happened. A month later i get an email from one of the curators and she said that meeting was recorded and i wasn't there and i watched the entire two hours and i saw your name on the little zoom thing and i searched it up and i saw i found your instagram and i think your work is good enough to be in the art gallery right and this is that she's like i'd like to meet and six months later i'm in my first show right yeah getting paid to be in, uh, in at an art gallery, which is in the capital of Canada, which is a yeah. really big deal. So these photos that I, I've taken in my basement in Ottawa about these youth, suddenly blown up, printed, you know, framed beautifully yeah. on a huge wall. And the quotes, like, this is too good enough, this is not good enough for you to write or whatever. Yeah. Is those quotes are alongside those photos as well. So it was very impactful. Um, it was there for like, uh, I think 10 months. Um, and that gave me a, a, a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more people knew me because of it's that. It's like momentum, well, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I got another email. Hey, I went, I saw your project. I want to do a project about COVID and how, this is from an organization. We want to do a, a project about COVID and how um, the neighborhood that we uh, work in has a lot of people of color and therefore um, they are working these essential jobs, right? Like grocery stores and whatever. And they have higher cases of COVID than anywhere in Ottawa. The highest level of COVID is in this neighborhood in, in particular. It's called the, yeah. South, the Southeast Ottawa. We want you to help us out and take the photos and we do it in I'm like, yeah, part two. Yeah. Those photos ended up being bought by the mayor of Ottawa. Wow. <laughs> he paid some big bucks for it. <laughs> some big bucks for it. Yeah, big bucks. We have some, you know, so we're making money now. I'm making money from things, photos that I would take for fun in my dining room, right? Yeah. And each time I do a photo shoot, I'm learning more because that gap in education is definitely there, right? This is this was a two-year program. The photography program was two years. Okay. I've, I've only done six months of the two years. Okay. But I'm building on that, 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 you know, the basics. Teaching yeah. myself. Every photo shoot I'm in, I'm like, okay, last time I learned this, today I'm learning if I put the light all the way there, it's not going to look nice. Let me put it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's a journey in terms of navigating, you know, this momentum and my art getting better and whatnot. So... That was another big win. And then right now in Edmonton, I got approached by CBC, uh, my, my latest project. CBC is like the biggest news um, newscaster in Canada. 
Okay. Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Okay. So they approached me and they said, we want you to do a photo series. We're going to pay you. We're going to book the studio. And we want it done on Islamophobia and women in Edmonton. So okay. I, I, I'm sure, maybe, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but Al Edmonton in particular has an issue with Muslim women being attacked. So Muslim women who wear the hijab are literally walking on the streets in public and they're being attacked and no one's helping them, like mm. violently attacked. So we did a series on that. Um, and that, I'm, I'm still doing interviews, radio interviews. So yeah. that's kind of where we're at now. I, I, I don't want to tell my entire life story, but that's where we're at. <laughs> so that's where we're at. And so this is ongoing right now? Is it... Uh... So I think I put it out like the last couple, like last two weeks. And it was just, just a lot of, I did a TV interview last week, two radio this week. Um, I think there's another TV coming up next week. I just, I, I'm having trouble answering my emails. <laughs> so much coming in at once. A lot of speaking engagements. There's no way I would have seen this coming that day when I was sitting with my dad and he said, you don't need to be happy. Yeah. Right? That's quite a quote. Yeah. You don't need to be happy. So do you feel, so how do you feel now? Do you feel happy? I feel happy. Yeah. I feel happy. Um, Obviously I don't know. It's a balance, right? Because I'm a mental health counselor. I'm also a photographer. I'm also a sister, you know, I'm also like a volunteer, but there's just a lot going on. Um, But that love of doing um, something that feeds your soul and, you know, it definitely creates the happiness. I feel content right now. I I remember how I felt when I wasn't doing photography and it was just, you felt like you couldn't express yourself. You couldn't, like that voice was taken away from you. So yeah, definitely. I get yeah, and and then I have this side. I have this counseling job, right? Pays me really well. I take that money and I just go to the camera store. They all know me by name. I walk in and they're like, "Oh, Faze is here," and I'm like, "Hey guys, you want to see my last photo shoot?" And then they're like, "Cool, I think you should buy this," and I fall for it and I buy. (laughs) You don't need it, (laughs) but that's where my money goes most of the time. So it's it's been great. Wow. Yeah. So what, ex- what excites you uh, coming up and like building upon it? Um, so like as an artist, I tried applying for grants, you know, and there's one grant in particular uh, by the Canadian, uh, the Canada's Art uh, Council for the Arts, which is the biggest uh, council for getting grants in Canada. Okay. I've never applied for a grant in my life. And I, I told them, if you... Um, look at this project that I've done in my neighborhood. Yeah. Let, if you give me money, I'm going to do this again. Three other neighborhoods. Yeah. Give me 25,000. Yeah. And I didn't think anything of it. They're like, we're not going to give you 25. We'll just give you 20. <laughs> and I sent it in my account at once. And I remember, <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, it's like um, movement. That's why I like to turn off. 
Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. It actually looks better because then you just have natural sunlight, natural lighting oh. coming in. Okay. Yeah, I think I think they close in Okay, we'll uh, we'll start wrapping up soon then. Um, so how do you see? Oh wait, wait. So so I got that grant right? Yeah. Did that project? Yeah, I did it. <laughs> so you did it. That's like that's, I did it. I didn't post it on Instagram yet. That's yeah. That's kind of what's happening. Like seeing opportunities, going for it head on. Okay. And you know, not thinking about rejection. Rejection is fine because even if you get rejected a hundred times, it's you go home like you go home knowing that you tried, and that's such yeah. a big deal. You know, uh, I think it's a quote by Michael Jordan. You, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, right? right? So that's kind of the energy that I'm, I'm coming with now. Like, just I send emails to Nike every day. I say, hey Nike, I'm still here. Let me do a photo shoot for y'all. One day you might reply back. No? Wow. Um, yeah. So you just gotta <laughs> copy paste email to Nike and send it back. Wow. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, we're running a little, little uh, close to time now, but I love asking this question to guests, and that's, what are you curious about recently? I'm curious, um, and it kind of runs in the work that I do, uh, in what people think in, in the the, in the recesses of their mind you know like they just okay. everyone has i'm almost done <laughs> everyone has everyone has oh, the lights are back everyone has their own thoughts about what's happening everyone whatever is happening in the world and i love to use my mental health skills to kind of bridge that barrier like to get through that barrier and while you know capturing their essence through photography so it's, it's a combination of both. So I would never take away all that mental health experience that I have because it actually helps my photography as well. Wow. Like, I wouldn't be as great as a photographer if I didn't have those skills of getting people to show who they are, right? By getting into like, their deepest thoughts. So I don't even know if this is answering the question. I think I'm just rambling. <laughs> I love it. I love how you're able to take experiences and then parlay them into other experiences and other experiences and, and eventually allow you to pursue what makes you happy. Thank you. That is a big compliment. You know, I, I sometimes I, I forget this is a journey. You're just in the whirlwind of everything. Yeah. You know, and you just see what's kind of in front of you, but this has been quite a journey. And I like how I'm going so far. Yeah, well, it's going to continue. It's going to continue onward, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to to follow it more too. This is really cool. Yeah. Um, it was it was very natural talking to you. You know, this is this is great. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All the way. Where where are you in America? So I'm in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. You ever Try. been? I've been to Miami and Baltimore and Seattle. Those are the, those are the three places. Okay. Yeah. 
I've only been to Canada, I think, the Niagara Falls part of Canada. Oh, like near Toronto. I feel like I know more about Mexico than I do Canada. That's why <laughs> That's why I wanted Canadians on. <laughs> no, we're... We, we have a lot to offer. Like in our first take, I said, I have a pet fever. You know, I drink maple syrup for breakfast. You know, it's great. You know, I have, it's just, Canada, we're so nice. We say sorry all the time. We open doors for each other. You can yeah. definitely come to Canada. It's very beautiful as well. What's Toronto like? You've been to Toronto? Uh, Toronto is Ontario's capital. Uh, it's the one city we're not embarrassed of. Yeah. <laughs> big, big I hear city. great things about Toronto, especially. Yeah. We we won uh, the NBA a couple of years ago. That's uh, so we walk around saying to people, hey, "Yeah, my uh, Milwaukee Bucks are my team, and uh, so we won." Was it? Yeah, we just won. Yeah, Giannis. Giannis is my guy. I love. I love. Have you heard his story? No, haven't. Wow, it's like honestly, uh, it inspires me like every day. Like, uh, so Giannis, he, his parents emigrated from Nigeria to Athens, and he was born in Athens and Greece. Yeah, and uh, you know they lived in poverty, and they're selling trinkets on the streets. And then when he's a teenager, he's tall, so they're like, "Hey, you should play basketball." So he starts playing, but him and his brother, they're like walking 12 miles a day just to practice. And then they, they're coming back. They're taking buses and he doesn't have papers. So he can't play in leagues that travel outside of Greece. So when scouts are coming to see him play, they're like, why is he in this like low league? So it's hard to evaluate his actual talent because he's playing against like just like YMCA like <laughs> recreation. But the Bucks take a chance on him. Uh, and he was having so many problems getting papers because you have to have papers to get drafted in the NBA. So they were pleading the um, Greek government. And it wasn't until uh, the higher ups there learned that he, was, he started going to the Nigerian government to get papers that they were like, oh, wait a minute. He can play in the NBA. Like, that's good for our country. So then th- he finally got his his papers came over and then his whole goal was I'm going to get my family over here. So it's, it's only him. And he's, he doesn't even like stay in the hotel. He just sleeps in the gym because in order to get his family over, he needs to just get good at basketball. So he's practicing all the time. And he has the goal of, you know, uh, being on the team, then making the rotation, becoming a starter, an all-star, an MVP, an NBA champion, and he's done all those things through time, through this like this mindset. I'm so Why proud of him. Over his family? He, yeah, his whole family now is is all over. His brothers uh, also play, right? Yeah, his brothers also play. Um, one plays on the Bucks with him, and then um, the other Costas he played for the Lakers and won a title. I'm not sure what team he's on right now. But it's it's just so remarkable to see his journey, and it's so inspiring. And uh, I'm so proud that he's on my team. Yeah, this is like it's definitely read this book. It's uh, 
It's fantastic. I love making, I'm like videos. I love talking about young. She's like such an inspiration and uh, it's cool to like learn more about inspiring stories like that around the world because they are there. Yeah. To talk about different people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely getting that book. Um, I love how like his talent is finally being recognized as well because this is his first ring, right? So yeah. It's only up from here. So yeah, he's uh, here. yeah. We're talking about journeys, right? Well, his journey is mm-hmm. definitely also on that incredible trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for uh, meeting with me. I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep in touch with you. Yeah. No. If something else happens and I'm taking pictures of the prime minister, you know, <laughs> we out here, we out here. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be like, yeah, that email, I'm going to reply. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so, That's so cool. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me, Rich. Um, uh, again, very easy to talk to you. Uh, yeah. I don't, don't really say all that usually, but, you know, thank you for having me and listening. Yeah. I do have one last thing. If you were to give anybody, someone who like has that yearning inside of them to like pursue something that would make them happy, what would you tell them? Um, Don't give up. And it might not be the time now that you will eventually, if you don't give up, you'll fall number one, you'll eventually have that journey it might be in 10 years yeah for me it had to it had to be in the middle of a pandemic to get that yeah right so um definitely don't give up and and another thing is like for me i sometimes i'm walking as an artist i'm walking and i get an epiphany yeah yeah oh it would be the coolest photo shoot if i have this person and and this and the background is this color or whatever I make it a point to honor that idea. Mm-hmm. Whatever comes to my mind, I have to honor it. Yeah. It came to me, right? So even yeah. if I, I do that photo shoot in a year from now, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, honor yourself, honor your ideas, honor that yearning that you have inside yeah. yourself. You know, yeah. Give yourself that space. You are important. You, what, your wants and needs are important. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. even if the world might not think it. in my case it was my <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again i appreciate it have a great rest of your weekend you too all right see you bye and this was a rich conversation very rich very <laughs> rich conversation right <laughs> thanks for listening to rich conversations again you can follow fesa on instagram at fesa omar underscore Take some time today to think if you have any artistic inspirations inside you and what you can do to help bring that to fruition.